Welcome to episode 1172 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well for a Sunday, uh, despite yesterday's uh, unfortunate like race throwback game where they strand 12 runners and yeah, yeah, you know, losing a game. And uh, now they got to try to take the series with Garrett Cole on the mound. No G-Man Choi around as the, uh, as the, as a Cole kryptonite, but you know, enough about uh, my favorite team and, and nitpicking that they're only 27 and seven. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, yeah. Feel sorry for me. Uh, so um, yeah, because my neighbor, my neighbor's a huge pirates fan. And so this week he's like, man, you guys trashed my team. And I, I think we trashed him uh, because like now they, they're, they're playing poorly against the Jays this weekend. He's up there to see them play in person. I'm like, <laughs> so there it is. Let's get talking. Uh, what do we got? Fab pickups this week for agent status again? I forget. Yeah, we got uh, we got a bunch of fab pickups to talk about some news uh, and some interesting news that we'll start with. Uh, let's just jump right into that news. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is out four to six weeks with appendicitis. Uh, is there a more snake bitten person in Major League Baseball? No, there's not. And I thought, yeah, I just, I guess I'm really shocked because I thought only pitchers were allowed to get hurt. I didn't realize hitters could get hurt. And it's just, that's, that's the rash, the, 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 what we're seeing this whole, uh, uh, season. But no, every time the guy steps, takes a step forward, something else happens. And, this sucks. Uh, and he's not, I don't think he's the only guy dealing with appendicitis. Isn't Nicky Lopez? Didn't he yeah. have appendicitis mm-hmm. as well? Yeah. So uh, I don't know what's in the, in the water in the AL Central, but uh, obviously two different fantasy relevant uh, situations. But no, Jimenez was just for everything that's uh, illed the White Sox this season, he was just recently starting to show signs of hitting his way out of it. Uh, and hit, you know, hitting a few bombs. I saw him do that in, in the series against Tampa Bay. So no, I don't think there's anybody else more snake bitten. That's what you got into when you when you rostered him in your drafts. You knew something would happen because something always does. At least this time, it wasn't self created. Uh, so he you know he didn't he didn't injure himself. Can't deal. You know, appendicitis is just something that happens. You don't know when it's coming. When it comes, you know when it's there. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. You're you're stashing him in any format. Um, it's just it's just a bummer. A guy that like you know you 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 paid a top hundred price on is now uh, out four to six weeks. Not even a baseball related injury, but uh, obviously, like I said, you're holding on to him. Uh, interesting bit of news came out yesterday. The Cardinals said that. They are only going to use Wilson Contreras at DH and or sometimes in the outfield for the foreseeable future. Uh, what the hell is going on in St. Louis? Uh, and who do you think loses the most playing time? Because they already had kind of a roster crunch. Um, now, Tyler O'Neill did go on the IL, which kind of opens up a spot. Uh, a little bit in the outfield, though he wasn't playing a ton. But are you worried about how this is going to affect guys like Nolan Gorman? Yeah, and so for those only listening and not looking at the video, my hands in the air. I'm in the the, the shrug emoji uh, pose. It's like, what are they doing? I don't understand. You go out. This was your your free agent cash cow. This was the guy you spent your money on. You know, he he skips the World Baseball Classic so he can work more with the pitchers to get uh, familiar with everybody. And then six weeks into the season, you basically said, nah, we're good. 
We're going to have Andrew Kneiser and, and Trey Barrera. They're going to be our catchers, and we're going to use Contreras elsewhere. I mean, yeah, everything's going wrong. with The, the club is severely underperforming. Don't see how that's his fault. Uh, but, yeah, I do get worried if once ever, once uh, O'Neal comes back in the fold. Right now, I don't know if it's much of a problem. You know, you look at roster resource, and they've got Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan in there on the strong side with Juan Yepes and uh, Paul DeYoung on the short side of the platoon situation, and that's really how it's played out. DeYoung's played three times this week, and uh, Yepes just got called back up uh, from AAA as, as part of this roster shuffle. But, yeah, once the roster gets healthy, I'm a little concerned. I just don't know what what the club's doing. And I was, uh, you know, when Paul was on the the podcast with Jeff on the Rotowire podcast this week, he talked about it and he said about, you know, the Cardinals can't rebuild. It's just retooling. They got too much of a roster to, like, total teardown type of situation. It's like, what can you do to move something? And maybe when Tyler O'Neill does get healthy, they trade him. But this team, I, I wasn't crazy about him coming into the year. Uh, but I wasn't, I never envisioned this happening. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, for Wilson Contreras himself, it might be mean he's going to get more plate appearances. That's it, and, yeah. yeah. He's hitting just fine. And he's already played 27 games at catcher. So he's going to have eligibility next year. Uh, but this is just a weird move. I, I do worry about this hurting Nolan Gorman's playing time with Juan Yepes coming up. He's probably a short side platoon guy at best right now. Uh, and then Brendan Donovan, uh, you know, they've got uh, uh, Paul DeYoung that has, uh, you know, come back and he's, you know, doing his Paul DeYoung things, which means he's, you know, hits a couple home runs and then strikes out 40% of the time the rest of the week. So uh, yep. I, just becoming a little bit of a nightmare. You'd love to see them trade someone uh, and this can become a bigger nightmare Again, like we said, once uh, Tyler O'Neill is back, somehow Bryce Elder got out of that last inning. Well, I that free, free Matthew Libertor already. Liberate mm-hmm. Libertor. How is that not a hashtag yet? Liberate Libertor. But it's like you look at Jack Flaherty putting up that big 10-burger this week. That had to hurt the, the few of you that are still carrying him on a fantasy roster. Um, Lord help you if, if you have Braxton Garrett and Jack Flaherty on the same roster this week. And they're like, oh, hey, or if you're in a deeper mixed league, I'm going to take my fold with Kenta Maeda too. Uh, I think that's all the guys that gave up a 10 spot in the last couple of, uh, the last week, 10 days. Uh, but, you know, liberate Libertor at this point. Give this, give us something to watch uh, on the Cardinals because it has been rather uninspiring baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carlos Rodon got a quarter zone shot in his back. They have uh, told him that this back issue is going to be chronic, which means it is not going away. Uh, are you holding on to Carlos Rodon? Uh, they they asked him, or asked, I, I believe it was asked him uh, uh, in an interview, whether or not a July return was in the cards. And he said, we're not putting a timetable on this right now. Um <laughs> Yeah, guaranteed contracts are so nice, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, what are you doing right now if you've got Carlos Rodon on a team? Are you are you holding on to him? Here, I am absolutely holding on to him in the one league that I have him because it's a draft and hold league. Yeah. There's my answer. Uh, and he was my fourth-round pick, and I, I remember remember talking about that team here. It's like I didn't want to take him. It's just like if when I was looking, okay, I need pitching, it kind of forced my hand, and I was like, okay, this is the guy. Did not want to take him. 
I believe it's the same league I ended up with Robbie Ray too. And it's the one I'm in 13th place because I'm just running. I'm already running out of guys. So uh, no, I don't know how for a guy when they put a July timeline, which is 60 days from now. And he's still like, I don't want to put a timeline on it. Every week it's going to, he's going to stare there just burning your retina. Uh, Like, Oh my God, I need this roster spot. I need this roster spot. I know it sucks when you, when you draft, when you spent the draft capital that you did to get the guy. But if you're in a shallow bench league, I don't know how much longer you justify it. If the news doesn't get any better in the next two weeks where he gives a timeline, move on. Move on. Yeah. I, I think uh, in leagues and where you are like rostering him on your bench because you don't have IL spots uh, either available or in the league, like I think you can cut him. I, I honestly do. Like I, I just don't know that holding on to a guy – uh, like this, where he's going to burn a bench spot for you. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of sense. because in like an AL labor and tout, you can refund like before the all-star break, you can mm-hmm. get a refund. Uh, I haven't checked yet, but in the, either one of those leagues, I'd be cashing it back in. Give me my the all-star break. It's half off. You get half back. <laughs> so I take it and just move on. I, I believe it's already been done in tout, but yeah, I, I I avoided him in both of those leagues, but I do have him in the the Arizona Speakers League that I did well in last year, but I'm doing terribly in this year. Yeah, I mean, in a league where you get any sort of redemption, which I I think is one of the best rules uh, in Tout Wars. Uh, I just, to a point, uh, you know, I've I've seen leagues where you get full credit, doesn't matter when the guy gets dropped. And to mm-hmm. me, I and I don't even even in tout, I don't like how you can get full credit for a guy after you've already used him, right? To me, mm-hmm. you should be getting prorated credit. So the season's six months long, you get you know full rebate if it happens in the first whatever, and then you get five, six, four, six, three, six, two, six. It kind of it should it should fade down. But I don't like if a guy you know you've used him, you had him in March, April, May, and he goes down, and you get full rebate on that. No, you've used him already. You don't get full credit mm-hmm. on that trade in. Uh, so that's to me, that's the only pushback I have. But I do love that you do, you can get uh, some rebate on that type of thing. And my home league is, is the same way. You know, you have the ability to cash those guys back in uh, and then you cannot, you cannot bid on somebody who's hurt. So then that way, that way you can't sneak him in on the cheap. You got to wait until he's active to get him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer. I know this was an SP one for most people who drafted him, right? Uh, but at this point, if he if he's for like, I mean, you and I were talking about uh, my auction, uh, NFBC auction league, where there's a guy in the league where he's like he is taking a zero because he has rostered so many kind of injured players uh, in his pitching staff each week. Like you can't do that. Like you have to, you have to get production. Otherwise, you're going to fall too far behind in, uh, you know, strikeouts and wins and things like that. So, uh, I, I think you can cut him in in leagues where you're you're facing a really really tough decision. So, uh, Luis Garcia is going to get Tommy John surgery. Uh, this is a huge bummer. Uh, you know, he just didn't look right pretty much all season. Then all of a sudden. He looked okay. He looked good. Like he looked like you. And then eight pitches into his last start, uh, he's removed. He's going to get Tommy John surgery. Any interest in Brandon Belak? Yeah, I, I thought he did. Considering the uh, short notice of his last appearance, you know, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, I, I haven't seen what the you know what the story would be because they also had uh, issue with Jose Arquiti, uh and shoulder. So you know, Forrest Whitley who had was somebody that was still hanging around in the periphery. 
And I saw they have, you know, they have France come up now. I don't know what Whitley's status is in the minors, but I know I saw a few videos of, of what he was doing in the offseason and trying to rediscover some of his velocity and whatnot. So I don't know if Whitley comes back into play. It does suck that, you know, we're losing yet another pitcher and Whitley's given up a bunch of home runs in AAA. Uh, and so maybe that's why he's still down there. Uh, but it's, the uh, It does suck we're losing another pitcher because I saw Garcia shut down the race and look good doing it. Uh, and, you know, he obviously had to change his delivery. And I haven't read this week if anybody's come around to blame his injury on no more of his delivery being changed. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't rule it out. I, there was, you know, the great article that uh, our buddy Eno and, and, and Britt Giroli, and I forgot the, the third party, uh, that there's three people in that article that talked about all the different things with pitchers and injuries. And, you know, the rate they quoted Derek Rhodes from Baseball Prospectus about uh, the different how rates are up on injuries and like, what's to blame? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? I don't know. It's, it's but it's getting crazy. And then even Jeff Zimmerman tweeted something, I think yesterday. Um, hey, I hope you got your starting pitching because we're kind of running out of options. You know, it's like we had, we, we've seen these kids come up. We've seen the Miller boys and, and we've seen all these other guys just make their way up. Uh, and like, what's next? It, it, could it get ugly? And I, you know, you and I talked about this off air, but I, I, I tweeted something out this morning you know, if you have a starting pitcher whose ERA is below 456 and their whip is below 134, guess what? You have a league average starting pitcher. That's what it's right. That's what it's like right now because of all the injuries. And then that, that, that talent, the, 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 the talent that's come up and, and this is not the, the besmirched Millers or Bradley or, or fought or, you know, anybody else that's come up. But when you lose the quality of pitchers that we have in injuries and you have the kids that come up with that aren't as polished, this is what you get. <laughs> and I don't know what else is left, but it's, I even wrote an article this week at Rotowire about it. It's like starting pitching is ugly right now. And Lord knows it's going to get uglier as, as winter continues to, uh, you know, go back North where it belongs. Uh, and, and, the, and it gets warmer. So it's, it's, it could get ugly, but I don't know what's left. And you either have to lean into it and be like, okay, if you've lost Garcia on your team and you probably have another guy that you've lost already, and your pitching's in poor shape. Maybe you trade what else, whatever else you have and just like lean into the turn and get all the offense that you can and load up that way. And then just start streaming relievers so you have so you've got enough stats coming in on the pitching side of the ledger. But it's getting tougher and tougher to replace if these injuries don't slow down. Uh, and currently they're not showing any signs of doing that. Yeah. Uh and you know, I when you told me about that stat earlier, uh prior to recording, I, I let you know about my uh my main event team which is in uh third or fourth place in my league uh but i've got a 529 era and a 142 whip like it's just like my pitching is just getting destroyed but i'm also in a position where i don't feel like i can drop any of my starting pitchers because of just the situation (laughs) that i that the rest of the league is in it's like who am i gonna you know luckily someone dropped westneski last week to allow me to pick him up but uh, you know, like there isn't a lot of talent out there on the wire unless you want to spend three hundred dollars in fab on some of these rookies. And no, there isn't. Going, yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'll give you a single. So you were talking uh, your main event league. So I'm looking at labor. Uh, in labor, I have a three point four four ERA, and for AL twelve team, that's sweet. But you guys remember, I did talk about I'm I'm emphasizing pitching. I'm worried about offense. I have the league's best WHIP at one oh six right now. Uh, there are teams in this league 
when I sort by ERA, there's somebody with a 619 team ERA. There's somebody with a 565. There's somebody with a 530, 484, 472. Those are all ERA. I mean, those that's how bad ERA gets. There are some, there are teams, there are three teams with whips over 1.42. It's yeah. it's all over the place. And with those great ratios that I have, by the way, uh, I am. Let's see, that's tied for last. I am ninth in wins. <laughs> I have 13 wins, and then there's another team with Eno's got 13, and then somebody's got 10, and two teams are tied at last with nine. So I can't, I cannot get wins, but I have, I have like fourth in strikeouts. I've got the great ratios, and then no wins. I hate the stat. I just had to complain. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so for, let's talk about this from a strategical standpoint. So let's say you're in one of those situations where, you know, you're like my main event team uh, where you're going, man, my ratios have just been torched, uh, but I'm doing well enough in other places where I think I can be somewhat competitive. At what point do you just say, screw my ratios and I'm just going to try to like, you know, get as many wins and strikeouts as I can. And hopefully I've got enough saves to keep me competitive in that category. Like at what point do you just say, like, I'm just going to like roll into this and go, I'm, I know I'm punting my ratios, but uh, I think at least I, you know, can try to win the other categories. Yeah. Because wins are getting ugly. I mean, just because we, again, if the league average is 454 <laughs> and 134 for starting pitchers, then if you're one of those teams that are carrying like a 540 ERA and a 140 whip, it can't get, in theory, it shouldn't get any worse. Like you should have had most of the damage. So if you're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to recover that, my whips are going to be bad. If best case scenario, maybe I can get to league average. Maybe I can get to the middle of the pack in those categories. Then if, if you can, then lean into the other categories so you can see your progress and uh, that and, and run for that. But you need to like also decide where it is overall. Like I mentioned that I'm doing well in labor. So in AL labor, I'm in first and tout I'm in sixth. And I use the same strategy in both leagues, not the same roster, obviously, but the same strategy. And so in that league, I am third in ERA. I'm first in whip. I am tied for third in strikeouts. And I am fourth in wins, and I'm middle of the pack in saves. But I am dead last in three offensive categories. I'm ninth in runs. And the only offensive category I'm doing well in that league is steals, where I'm second. So it's like I need to just – I'm at the point where, okay, I, I, I have enough of this pitching, and I know I'm going to lose some of this, and I'm running middle of the pack overall. So what can I do to get into this offense before it gets too late? Because, you know, I look at – RBIs and I can, it's still, the standings are still tight enough where I'm not like completely being left in the dust, but you know, I'm at 34 home runs. And if I had four more home runs, I'd be in ninth place. So I could, there's move, there's, there's ability to move some stuff around, but you got to look at your overall roster right now and decide what your path forward is going to be. But if you're in this, if you're in a situation where your ratios are already trash, uh, just live with it. It, it. it should not get any worse. The offensive environment is going to increase here over the season. Uh, just the way, the nature of the, of the game, it happens. Uh, and so, so if you're hurting in other categories, go for it. But we're just going to have to live with bad ratios. And I think what the, the issue is, is this is how we used to play. I mean, I think the, the recency bias from last year and the great environment that we had uh, and then – it seems like, you know, time flies. Wasn't it two years ago that they, they changed the baseball right in the middle? Was that June? Was that two years ago or last year? I can't remember. Now. I think it was last year, wasn't it? 
All right, whatever they whatever they change, you know, we 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 got we got spoiled. Uh, and last year the, it was an overall down, and now it's like, oh my god, this all looks terrible. But it doesn't really. I mean, when you look back, go back and look at fantasy baseball in the late aughts. This is where we were. This is what starting pitching used to look like back then. Uh, overall, the league numbers almost almost identical to that point. Uh, but we have become spoiled with some of the better uh, starting pitching environments, all the other conditions that have gone into play. And now this year with the wild cards of new rules, new times. Uh, and injuries, all of that is hitting at once like a like a perfect storm. And uh, it's it's ugly waters. Yeah, I think I would try to wait one more month before I like completely abandon my ratios. I, I think one of the things that people uh, don't realize and, and Todd Zola over at Rotowire has done like some really good work on this uh, in the past, like ratios still can move a fair amount. And it's the only categories in which someone who is above you can lose points, right? Like you yeah. can get blown up and uh, you know, we haven't even gotten to summer yet and things are going to warm up and the ball flies even more. So while it sucks when you've got like these awful ratios, like uh, this early in the season, like things change very, very quickly. I think, you know, a really great example of this is what you mentioned in terms of like Jack Flaherty, who had like a, you know, a mid to low three CRA before getting blown up the other day and now has a six CRA. Your whole team can do that, like, and it can, and it can go the opposite way as well, right? A few good outings, uh, you know, can really start to change things. So I, I would give it a, at least another month before you make a decision in which you go, well, screw my ratios. I'm just going to go for uh, all the other categories. But I think that is something that can be on the table at some point, kind of like mid to late June, if if your ratios are really really bad. All right. I wish we had. Yeah. So, hey, I'm going to play around with video share screen here real quick because we have. So for those of you guys watching video, uh, this will be fun for you guys audio. Uh, I will try to keep this as short as I possibly can. But RT Sports has a great chart that shows you your pitching stats for the league. So like here are the pitching. Here's earn run average. Uh, Brett Sayre, the baseball prospectus team, has been first place in ERA all season. Um, I have been second or third place in ERA all season, but it shows, look at all the volatility on this chart about the, and that's ERAs. And then you go down mm -hmm. here and whip and look at all that volatility just in the first six scoring periods. Boom, 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 boom. So great tool that RT Sports has here that I uh, enjoy seeing. I'm like, oh, hey, look, um, it's, it's nice to be able to visualize that without having to dump it into a spreadsheet and do it yourself. Yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, be a little bit patient, you know, try to be maybe a little bit smarter with your uh, streaming. Um, this is one of the reasons why, you know, when Paul and I were talking about this uh, prior to the start of the season and at the beginning of the season, I tend to be a little bit more conservative with my streaming early on because I don't want to get uh, so many blow-ups, unfortunately. Yeah, we were, I would argue, you know, not argue, but I would also raise this issue. And Todd, I was on with James and Todd on the Rotowire show for XM yesterday. And Todd mentioned it, you know, often we're so conditioned to, hey, let's two-star guy, two-star guy, two-star guy, two-star guy. But what about a guy that has one really good start, mm -hmm. one really good matchup, and another guy's got two mediocre? Uh, you know, are you willing to put the risk out there right now, the way things are going? Say, oh, this he's got two matchups, gets middle-of-the-pack offenses. You know, it's two starts, so I'll take the volume over the one really sweet matchup. Like, yeah. You, you would have thought Mets would have been like, oh, we got Detroit this week. This is great. <laughs> that didn't work out. But let's say, you know, let's say Detroit was playing like Detroit and still scoring 3.1 run, runs a game. Do you take Scherzer in that one matchup against Detroit? 
Uh, or do you take a, you know, Braxton Garrett, who's got this matchup and he's got that matchup. And it's like, eh, let's see what happens. So we may have to put more scrutiny into just how good that one matchup is versus exposing yourself to multiple risk points just to say, oh, hey, there's a possibility of getting two wins. There's a possibility of getting a lot of strikeouts. There's also a possibility of some serious damage depending on the, the two-start matchup. A few years ago at Arizona First Pitch, I did a panel on uh, streaming pitchers uh, with Derek Cardi and uh, Michael Simeone. What are those uh, guys? They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good at this. Um, and one of the things that we all agreed upon after doing our research for that panel was the most important factor in terms of streaming pitchers was the opponent. It wasn't necessarily the talent of the pitcher. And so, like, if you're looking like a guy that I'm, you know, going to be targeting in terms of streaming this week off the wire in some leagues is like Johnny Brito. Well, he's got a matchup versus the Oakland A's. Like, you know, I'd rather take that matchup than maybe a mediocre two step. So uh, I think especially if you're in a situation where your uh, your ratios have been a little bit torched, start looking for, you know, obviously good two steps, but more importantly, premium, uh, you know, matchups. Uh, and go over to Fangraphs and like sort by you know the you know team uh, stats and you know sort by versus right-handed pitching versus left-handed pitching and start looking at like okay that you know we know Detroit really really sucks against left-handed pitching uh, who what lefties could I potentially stream this week against Detroit or you know or find those matchups uh, for your uh, for your teams. Last bit of news is Juris Familia was DFA'd by the Oakland A's. Who closes and do we care? Zach Jackson, for now. Uh, I, I, I I don't know. I like watching train wrecks, so I've been watching a lot of Oakland games lately. Uh, well, These last couple of days, they've played Kansas City, and I've got some Nick Prado and Michael Garcia shares, so I have been tuning in to watch. Uh, and honestly, the reliever that impresses me, I don't know, it's, it's Sam Maul. Uh, when I see Sam Maul pitch, I like watching him pitch. Uh, he locates well, moves it around. Uh, I, I think it's Dallas Braden that calls him spinning Sammy uh, for his spin rate. Sammy is what he calls him. Uh, but I enjoyed watching Sam Mall pitch. I, I know he it doesn't. He hasn't gotten any saves or whatever, but he's pitching out there in high leverage. Uh, problem is, you know, he's a lefty and say what you will. But he he has intrigued me watching him pitch. But right now, I would say it's Zach Jackson. Uh, did I see it right? Was last night the first starting pitcher win for Oakland this season? Did that finally happen? Oh, I, I do not even know. I didn't even Because Walter it. Chuck got the win. Oh, then probably, yeah. That's I uh, wanted to take a I wanted to take a look at that to see, but Walter Chuck got the win in that game last night, and I believe that is their first win from a starting pitcher this year. Which is uh, which is a Yeah, they, they I know they didn't have a win. Um, so, uh, from starting pitcher, I actually made a comment on, I think on the last pod with Paul where I was like, oh, I, th- I think that, um, oh, what's his, uh, name for oh, Kyle Muller's got a win. He may have snuck one. No, <laughs> oh. but right. Waldachuk, Adam Euler, I can't tell if they were start to re- start a relief though. But if I switch over to starters, it'll tell me, uh, well, Kyle well, Muller, Euler had, Kyle Muller Euler. Did have the first starter win. Okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, cause I had, uh. God, what what is the pitcher I'm I'm blanking on right now? Uh, who's got a two step this week? I was like, he's gonna get the first Oakland win. Oh, JP Sears. Um, probably the only uh, one worth rostering. Yeah, I think he is probably the only one. Well, because uh, Miller's already gone, but uh, and you still want to try to do it. But Sears did look good his last outing, obviously. Yep. 
Maybe uh, he can get this Gopheritis out of the way. Give up, you know, gave up a bunch of early home runs, but his last three starts, one home run, one home run, no home runs, and 23 strikeouts in um, 16 and a third innings. Mm-hmm. Of course, that sixth spot that the A's put out, the Angels put on him, uh, didn't help for his earned runs. But then he shut down Seattle. Shut down Seattle. Yeah, I, as far as the uh, the closer job in Oakland, I mean, they're not going to win enough games where this is probably going to end up mattering. But uh, I think Zach Jackson probably gets the first shot. Sam Mole is interesting, but man, that walk rate uh, is because uh, well, he throws pretty, nothing straight. Yeah, <laughs> he throws he throws nothing straight. He's got an almost sixteen percent walk rate. That that is that. That that's a bit scary. I don't know if they want that in the ninth necessarily. So. Let's not let's not forget the A's have four saves all year. Two of them yeah. were from the guy they just DFA'd. Zach Jackson's the other one, and Danny Jimenez is hurt. They've had four save chances all year, or four saves all year. I haven't looked at the blown save because blown saves come all over the place. But they've blown uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine blown saves if you count all these different opportunities. Yeah. That's uh, that's not good. So I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go overly crazy nope. on Zach Jackson um, unless you were. I mean, even if you are desperate, like I think you can find other options. There are a few guys that we're gonna be talking about for saves in the Fab section. So let's just jump into that Fab section first. I want to talk before we get to the save options. I want to talk about Bryce Miller, who made his major league debut uh, and was pretty uh, impressive mm-hmm. in that start. He is kind of the one of the big prizes, at least from the pitching side of things, uh, and the only starting pitcher we're going to talk about today. How aggressive are you going to be on Bryce Muller? Because like we said, pitching is a nightmare right now. Well, he's supposed to go again today. Uh, so if you're listening to this, as soon as it's downloaded, he's going against Houston today. So we should have a, uh, a good feeling on what we're getting into. You know, Yeah, the last start was against Oakland. If you happen to stay up and watch the Miller versus Miller matchup, it was a great one. Uh, if you mm-hmm. like watching young pitching, it was fun to watch. Because I did say, you know, I did tune in and watch uh, until the no hitter went away um, with that. And it, it, in this situation, it appears that Miller is up to stay as long as his body's holding up because of them losing Robbie Ray for the season. So he appears to be up to stay, uh, getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, given that supply of starting pitching is running out, I don't know how you can sit on the sidelines for this one. If you, even if you, even if your rotation looks good now, just like a real baseball player, a real baseball manager would say, you can never have too much depth. This is one, even if your rotation looks good, I would still be aggressive in buying this life insurance policy uh, because if you're going to need to use it at some point. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else I could say about this. It's just, this is a supply and demand, and this is the, the best of the remaining supply that's out there. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm very interested. Like I said, he looked really, really impressive in that start. The one thing I am going to like caution people on is that uh, he, he doesn't project to have great command. Um, and he does give up a lot of fly balls. Uh, and so like, yes, he got away with it in Oakland uh, versus, or versus the A's. Uh, I, I think today is going to be a really, really good test because Houston's so good at hitting the long ball. 
Uh, does he give up home runs? The nice thing is he didn't give up any walks in that first start. It looks like he the plan is for him to attack the zone. I do worry that he's going to have like close to a two homer per nine kind of free, um, which could be uh, pretty ugly. But hopefully, because he attacks his own so much, they'll be solo shots. Um, I think if you're in desperate need of pitching, uh, I understand getting aggressive. I'm not going to get overly aggressive. Like this isn't a triple digit bid uh, kind of guy for me. Uh, personally, but uh, I understand what, uh, if other people are going to be uh, a little bit more interested in getting aggressive on Bryce Miller. Uh, let's move into some of these closer options. Uh, Michael King, who's available in a, a fair amount uh, of league, especially shower formats, uh, looks like he might be taking over that closer job for the Yankees after Clay Holmes has struggled uh, in recent outings. Uh, how interested are you in Michael King? Uh, very. He's looked good, uh, much like Clay Holmes did when Clay Holmes assumed the assumed the role. I selfishly wish uh, Ron Marinaccio would have part of that, but Marinaccio appears to be in the old uh, Johnny Loizaga or uh, Dellen Patances type of role in that Yankee bullpen where he's coming in, getting the strikeouts, helping the ratios. Yeah, as we were talking earlier about the types of pitchers like streaming, Marinaccio has been somebody I've been using all over the place. I have him in like four different leagues because, uh, you know, he's uh, yesterday got the win. Uh, so, you know, gave my fantasy team, boo, my real team type of thing. But he got the win out of that. But he's coming out there and getting strikeouts and helping in the ratios. And that's what and I loved watching him pitch last year because the stuff is just nasty. Uh, the sweeper and the ability, his ability to work in his own. Marinaccio is a good guy. So if you're leaning, looking to lean into that strategy and he's somehow still available in your league, that's a good guy to start trying this out with. Uh, that said, it looks like this is King's job because he's he's much like, has the same kind of stuff Holmes did when Holmes is right. But Holmes doesn't look right. He looks serviceable, okay, but certainly doesn't look like the guy that just came out and was lights out every time he pitched last year. And thus the reminder of reliever volatility. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I will uh, I will mention that Ian Hamilton got the save uh, last night. Yes. Um, he looked good doing it too. Yeah, this may be a straight-up committee um, as well. Because, I mean, you, you mentioned Mariaccio, uh, Marinaccio, uh, who got the win last night. Uh, you know, four of the relievers pitched, uh, but Michael King wasn't one of them, though he had pitched 15 or through 15 pitches uh, the night before. So he may have just been getting a day off. Uh I think I would be medium aggressive on uh, Michael King because I do think that if they do end up making one of these guys the closer, uh, that King is probably uh, the first man up in that backing order. But I do feel like this potentially could be kind of a situation where it changes hands a little bit until they make a move towards the trade deadline uh, and try to go get somebody. I had Ian Hamilton in my AL home league on the bench. <laughs> of course he was on your bench. Where where else would he be? Um, uh, another guy that is uh, in line for more saves work is Jason Adam of your Tampa Bay Rays uh, with Pete Fairbanks uh, hurt again. Um, I got an offer in a dynasty league uh, recently. Um, now there's a dynasty league where I'm kind of reloading. Uh, I mean, kind of rebuilding, reloading. Um, yeah. And I got offered Pete Fairbanks for Rossiel Iglesias, who just came off the IL and laughed the guy out of the room. I'm pretty worried on Fairbanks right now. Um, are you worried on Fairbanks? Because he's supposed to have a minimum stay. 
So that would mean Adam would only be taking over this role for, you know, uh, potentially two weeks. Or are you a little bit more concerned, like I am, that this could actually be a much larger issue? Um, let's see. From poking and asking around, uh, I'm told that I, I should not be as stressed out as I am about having 87 shares of Peter Fairbanks and him not being hurt. Uh, it he should be he should be reactivated this week. Uh, the the whole thing and the the they said inflammation. Uh, it's on the top side of the arm. So again, visual folks. Usually when we have forearm strains, it's the it's the underside uh, that just you know turn your hand over, look at your palm, and just run your finger along there. It's that issue. Well, in this case, turn your hand over so you're looking at the back of your hand and the issue that. Fairbanks is having right now is in that part. So it doesn't appear to be related to his twice repaired elbow. He's had two Tommy mm-hmm. Johns already. Once he has three, you know, pretty much, you know, pretty much forget it at that point. That gets back to uh uh who was the who was the old Atlanta reliever that had three and he actually pitched for Tampa Bay for a short while. Oh, um, oh God. It, what I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> he pitched and it was like, oh, it's a great story. He came back because he was electric mm-hmm. when he came up. Didn't he give up the home run? He gave up the home run to Chris Burke in a 2006, yeah, 18 inning. Period. I'm gonna look it up while you while you talk. Oh, this is driving me nuts. Minter, it keeps coming to mind. It's it, not. Right. It's not Minter, but it, it was. He was on. They were on the same team together. Yes, uh, and that's where he hit the home run. Uh, oh lordy, this is driving me nuts. Anywho, uh, but no, I I I shouldn't be that worried about him. That said, the thing is really crazy is, all right, so Pete Fairbanks, before he went down, Pete Fairbanks had four save chances. Four. And the one he didn't get was the was his last one before he went on the IL. So Pete Fairbanks had four save chances in five and a half weeks. Jason Adam had three this past week, this week alone. This week alone and converted all three. So for a team that's 27 and seven, their two primary closers are six of seven for saves. It has to be some kind of record for the worst kind of Save chances. It was it was Johnny and, Venters, by the way. Thank you. That's exactly who it was. Uh, so th- that gets into it. But th- that the, the crazy that's the crazy part is with all these wins that Fairbanks wasn't getting any saves, and all of a sudden Adam gets three in a row, and he didn't pitch yesterday uh, when the Rays gave up three runs in the eighth inning because he had pitched you know three of the previous four days, and you can't run the guy into the ground. Uh, one of the things that has impressed me with. Adam recently is he's throwing a bit harder right now. Uh, early on in the season, he didn't look like Jason Adam, and and some of that may have been his work with the the combination factor. One, working in the W uh, World Baseball Classic. Secondly, the irregularity of his work. I remember one particular game, like he had to beg his way into the game, like basically told Cash before the game, "Hey, I need to pitch today. I haven't pitched in like five days. We've been blowing out Oakland and all these kind of things." So he was coming in and these. Uh, and getting the work done type of outings. And now that he's up here, you know, this week needing to step into the closer role, he apparently is just like, cool, I'm going to come out here and do it. But he's throwing harder this week than I had seen him throw previously. So it's nice to see him uh, back. And even in the uh, the Friday night save, he could have been out of it, but Taylor Walls went to tag uh, one of the runners and try to tag and then throw a double play. And when he tagged the runner, the ball came out of the glove. So both guys were safe. Uh, so otherwise, he could have been out of that, and it would have been a very smooth ending for him. 
so yeah, he looks good. Uh, I do have in any league where I didn't have Fairbanks, I do have Adam. So, you know, I, yeah, I did hedge bets, but I didn't get into the, Oh, I'm going to pay like 20 something dollars for the race closers. I just didn't do it. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that Fairbanks comes back this week because uh, it was back. It was a backdated stay. And so this um, he should be eligible to come off the IL middle of this week. Uh, am I going to activate him this week? No, I'm not going to activate him this week. I have him in all my NFBC leagues. Uh, I will. I've got some good pitching matchups that I want to get in into my lineup. And so I'm not activating him this week there. I am likely going to keep him in my in my labor lineup. Mainly because I don't have a better option. Uh, it is, I don't. Uh, I can. I can put him down. I can put in like Eric Swanson. I think I, I do have Swanson and um, Pearson, Nate Pearson. But remember, in labor, you can't bench a guy because mm -hmm. it's a bad matchup. You got to carry him. So, but both those guys, I can move in and out of the lineup because they were reserve picks. I traded from one and I drafted the other. So I couldn't, I could do that. In fact, I already have Swanson in. I do have Clevenger uh, as well, and I could do that. Thank goodness I didn't do that this week because he didn't have a great week. And uh, you know, go from there. So that's that's my advice: is if you can get him, go ahead and make a trade offer for him. See if somebody wants to, because it's obviously been a disappointment to the season because he just hasn't pitched regular enough. Uh, and then even when he was pitching, he didn't look that great. Hopefully his IL is, is, a, is a nice restart for Fairbanks and he can come back and uh, and help me out a little more. Uh, because in some of these leagues, I, I'm second in save, like in, in labor, I'm second in saves despite only getting three from Fairbanks because I have nine from Romano. And I had a couple from, I have one from somebody else, but he's kept me in because Romano's got me the volume. Yeah, I for me, like, I am pretty worried on Fairbank. So like I'm trying to grab Jason Adam wherever I can because uh and and if people do drop Jason Adam, like let's say they handcuffed him to uh Fairbanks when Fairbanks went down, uh and they drop him after Fairbanks comes up, I I'm grabbing Adam. I'm gonna hold on to him through a few weeks. Uh just because I mean this seems to be there seems to be an issue after issue with Fairbanks, and I just worry that he's just never gonna be healthy uh for the entire season so uh i'm i'm totally fine and oh <laughs> i thought i thought uh i thought the orioles gave a poem run right there uh, <clears throat> it's fair it's a fair enough concern because i mean the other piece of this and i tweeted something out about yesterday there's one glaring weakness in the raised bullpen right now it's swing and miss and velocity mm -hmm. like i put out a, a spray chart a scatter plot rather and i said okay the the x-axis was swing and miss rate and the y-axis was velocity and Tampa Bay's bullpen is down there with Colorado and Oakland and another team that they shouldn't be down there with, but that's where they are right now. They're, they're missing, you know, Sean Armstrong's coming back here at some point. Andrew Kittredge is, is still a couple of months off, uh, but they need to find something in the bullpen because uh, the swing and miss just isn't there. Yeah. And when the, when the leaders come in as boy, like, Hold your breath. Uh, let's see what happens because po Poche is not getting it done. Jalen Beeks can't command his pitches right now. Uh, and so they, they need to find some swing and miss. And I don't know how you find that in season. Uh, the obvious, I remember like even this time last week thinking, boy, it would be nice to make a trade for Aroldis Chapman. But then after watching his meltdown this week, forget if he's allowing stolen bases like left and right, I don't even want to touch it. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Leiter Jr. got the save. Uh, on Friday, while Paul and I were recording, uh, and then yesterday, Albert Alzale got the save. Uh, 
is this just a straight committee in Chicago? And are you investing in anybody in particular? I'm investing long-term in Jeremiah Estrada. Uh, that's where, if he's still up on the major league he roster, take advantage of it now. He, they sent him down. So I did a couple of, I know earlier this week he was. That's still my long-term investment. Otherwise, this is still very much a committee thing. Yeah, I'm not not excited about any of them, but that's still my long-term play. Is the Strata stuff is too good to like write off right now? Yeah, he got he got sent back down. Um, I still like, and I said this on Friday after Lighter got the save. Um, I still think that long-term it's going to be Fulmer. Fulmer looked really good in the last outing. Uh, he's, you know, he has not given up a run in his last three or four outings. I still think Fulmer is the best pitcher in this bullpen and will end up getting a role. You know, while Leiter did get the save, and I think he's probably going to be the guy that people spend the most amount of fab on. Um, if I am spending fab on a, a reliever in that Chicago bullpen other than Fulmer, uh, I think yeah. Advil Alzale is really, really interesting. Dude has really this nasty is, this stuff. Is pretty decent. Uh, yep. And uh, he was, you know, they wanted him to be a starter. That didn't seem to pan out. And they're now putting him in the bullpen. Like, I think he could be an electric reliever. So if I'm taking a short-term shot on someone, it's Edward Alzale. If I'm taking a long-term shot on someone, it's probably Michael Fulmer. I just, the, the crazy thing, when I looked at Mark Leiter Jr., you know, he gets back into what changes you like how is a guy going from a strikeout you know his strikeout rate last year when i was looking at his strikeout rate was 26 percent, which for relievers is slightly better than average uh, this year it's 40 percent. it's like what where did this where's this coming from how are you mm-hmm. doing this you look at a pitch mix change and he basically they the the Cubs said, stop throwing the four-seamer. Like, literally, just put it in your back pocket, throw it as little as you possibly can. And he has. He took it from 23% to 9%. But then he took a, his sinker from 23 to 33% and his splitter from 22 to 32%. Uh, and he stepped up a cutter uh, that was a not, almost a non It was a single-digit pitch, and that's up to 14%. So he's changed a bunch of things he's doing. And all of a sudden, hey, look, here comes the strikeouts. Uh, and I think we mentioned this every week. Eno's talked about how the sinker, slider, splitter, like the three pitch, deuce, it, that seems to be like the magic formula pitchers or some teams are going for with the relievers. And it's certainly working out for lighter right now. Mm-hmm. But that said, it's like when you sit there and stare at that 97% or 96% left on base, it's like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, and a, and a 42% ground ball rate and a 17% home run to fly ball rate. Um, take your risk. As, as I agree with you, Azale is the is the um, is the play. I'd rather I like him better than those two. And maybe Fulmer does get another chance, but it's the short term. The short term play with Leiter is defensible. Yeah, I, I mean, even in that save on Friday, because you know I was lucky enough to be, like I said, recording when it was going on with Paul, um, and so I was watching it a little bit. He didn't look good. He actually got really lucky to get out of that. Um, without uh, giving up a bunch of runs. So um, um, I think Alzale is the guy that I'd be targeting this week with Fulmer as kind of the backup, to to be quite honest. Uh, Speaking of the Cubs, Matt Mervis has finally made his appearance. Uh, The Cubs have said that they're going to uh, give Mervis everyday opportunities moving forward. How aggressive are you going to be on Matt Mervis? 
It, every day. Okay, cool. It's, it's glad they're going to give him every day. And the, and the Eric Hosmer thing is apparently done, done. They're like, are they just going to DFA him or are they going to keep him around on roster? I mean, at this moment, he is batting fifth in today's lineup. So um, I, 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 I feel like he's going to get DFA'd here in the next week or two. But at the moment, Eric Hosmer is still on the team. Uh, and apparently, like I said, batting fifth today in the lineup uh but I, I i mean i think that's short-lived i mean eric cosmer is just trash yeah you have to hope uh you know i would again this gets back to kind of empty the wallet situation that i want to i want to get into it's he's coming up he's missed he's missed the worst times in chicago so he's coming as weather's starting to warm up hopefully and if some of you guys in chicago are like it's not warm yet uh but it's getting there and so he he's he's he gets to come up and enjoy that that situation. So to me, it's like I would be very aggressive rostering him if they are going to be true to their word and give him every day at bats. Yeah, I'm, let it play out. I'm, I I would be pretty aggressive as well. Uh, I know in a couple of my leagues where like I really need a first baseman, um, uh, I'm gonna try to get aggressive today. Uh, now that doesn't mean three hundred dollar bids. I'm just not gonna do that on a guy like Matt Mervis. But I can definitely see, you know, 10% of my fab, you know, even 10% of my remaining fab, depending on where uh, or, or, uh, or more than that. But, uh, but uh, I know he's going to go for 300 bucks in a few leagues. Yeah, he this, will. this was he was the talk of the Arizona Fall League. He was starting to push in the top 150 in terms of ADP uh, in, in November, December, before, you know, they started signing everybody uh, in January. I think there are going to be people who remember that and get very aggressive. So if you want Matt Mervis, I think you're going to have to blow two to 300 out of a thousand dollar fab in order to get him. I don't think I, I don't think for me that's worth it. Like, I don't know that he's got like 35 homer power or anything like that, but I think he could hit 20 rest of the way with a pretty decent average in a surprisingly good Cubs lineup. So uh, when they're not playing Hosmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what's even more surprising is that Cubs lineup's been pretty good in spite of playing Eric Hosmer. Uh, yeah, but I look at the league, so like I, I'm staring. Yeah, you know, like like a Josh Bell is an AL first baseman. It's it's not great. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's where it's hurting. But when we look at across uh, and look at what the uh, the first baseman across the league are doing, the the best first baseman by at least by weighted runs created plus is my man Yandy Diaz. But then you've got you know part timer. The, here are the top three first basemen by weighted runs created plus. Yandy Diaz, Lamont Wade Jr., and Ryan Noda. Those are the three top guys. Then you got Vlad. Then you got Goldschmidt, Connor Joe, Nick Prado, Joey Gallo, Luke Rayleigh. So there's not a huge bar to jump for Matt Mervis to come in and make some noise here uh, because you know that's where yeah, that's where things are right now. Uh, you know Ty France. If you're somebody who owns Ty France, you've got to be loving that one home run he's mm-hmm. got this year. One, uh, that's you know coming off of last year, that certainly hurts. Uh, do you? How much do you believe that this Carlos Santana story is going to continue? But even he, he's not hitting with any power. He's got two home runs this year. Uh, you know, Matt Carpenter, that was a fun story why it lasted. Uh, but even his two twenty one, three twenty nine, four forty one triple slash is a one thirteen WRC plus right now. Uh, so yeah, it's not going to take much for him to come in and make noise. I stare at Josh Bell, who's 30th in W. I, I, I trashed Ty France and Josh Bell's been worse. Yeah. Yeah. Josh uh, Bell's been an absolute nightmare. 
Uh, what about Michael Garcia? You mentioned you've already got him in a couple of your, uh, I'm assuming, AL only leagues. He's been recalled because Nicky Lopez went on the IL with uh, uh, appendicitis, appendicitis as well. So, uh, how aggressive would you be on Michael Garcia, especially if you need stolen bases? Uh, yeah, if you need stolen bases, so Michael Garcia was somebody that I targeted during draft season in AL in AL leagues, uh, and even in some of the the 50, uh, 50 round teams. So I already have him everywhere that I can get him, uh, because he was somebody that I figured, okay, maybe this Nicky Lopez experiment won't last too long. Let me get somebody who's got some speed. And so, like last year, he had twenty seven steals and thirty attempts in Double A, and then was twelve for seventeen in Triple A. So that gives you you know thirty nine of forty seven. Uh, with that, he is not, he's not fully, he's not physically built out, but there's still some decent pop in his mat. Uh, if you listen to what some of the scouts were saying about him. So I, I went after him for that. He has qualified. He's got four games at third base. He was shortstop eligible coming up. He's now third base eligible in some leagues already. Uh, if he plays third base today, it's going to give him five. So that'll give him eligibility in some other leagues. So he's got some of that flexibility. Uh, and he could hang on to the job. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Kansas City is obviously they're already in next year mode now. Um, and he has two steals. He has two steals and two attempts already. And he's held his own so far. So he could hold on to this job. So I would be semi-aggressive with him because Kansas City could just basically let him, you know, let him go out there and run. Uh, that gives him overall in the season. He was four of seven in triple eight for stealing bases. So, so it wasn't doing as well. Uh, as well as we would hope, but so far he's doing pretty decently. And that kind of uh, double utility I mentioned last week, and as I was looking for shortstop in an AL format, there wasn't anybody. There was zero <laughs> uh, because he was already on somebody's roster. Uh, so there was, if you're running into issues, this could be a, a decent short-term play to see if it plays out in longer term. Yeah, I mean, he's got a decent hit tool. Uh, I think enough power where, I mean, maybe he's a double-digit you know, kind of low double-digit guy rest of the way uh, if he can yeah. get full-time playing time. But the stolen bases is where he could be really valuable on a team in Kansas City that likes to run. So uh, if you're needing that, you know, kind of boost in stolen bases, I think you're right. I think he could easily take over this job full-time from Nicky Lopez uh, and kind of be the guy that seals 20-plus bases rest of the way. So uh, I like uh, I like Garcia as a, as a speed play for the weekend. Alex Kirloff is returning. Uh, he uh, has not been able to stay healthy at the major league level. You heard me talk a whole bunch of trash on him uh, over the course of his uh, career uh, as a minor leaguer and in brief stints in the majors. Uh, but he's up. It looks like he's going to play every day. Are you interested in Alex Kirloff? Well, he's hitting fifth today. Uh, so he's been up, but today is his first day in the lineup. So he didn't play on he didn't play on Friday against the righty. He didn't you know yesterday against the lefty wasn't in, and he's hitting fifth today against the righty. So I I don't know because it's still you know we still got a bit of a a roster crunch there where they have several guys they want to get in. You know they're still trying to get as much as they can at it. They're still trying to get something out of Nick Gordon, uh, and the fact that Nick Gordon's out of options and and can play center field, it really comes down to when Buxton. To me, that's the that's the issue with Buxton right now. So Buxton's got a couple of steals this week. So it's like he seems like he's moving. But I thought we talked about this week on this podcast, or I remember listening to there was something. I was listening to a uh, a broadcast. I was listening to the Twins broadcast last week 
driving somewhere and and i was driving down to my uh, nephew's lacrosse game uh, and i was listening to the twins broadcast and they said at that point buxton had not even begun take shagging fly balls in center field so as long as buxton's still at dh then i have interest it creates a bit of a log jam there but once buxton could come out of the field and once he gets in the field, rather, then it's like I'm more interested. I'm more interested right now because Gordon's in this lineup for two reasons: one, he can play center field, and two, he's out of options. But as soon as somebody else can come up, and, and as soon as somebody else says I can play center field, uh, and I know Michael A. Taylor's there mm-hmm. as well. But like these guys aren't, you know, these aren't everyday players. These are role time players, uh, and Gordon being out of options and having that defensive flexibility is certainly what's helping him right now. But he is playing center field against the lefties, uh, I guess the righties rather, and Michael A. Taylor is playing against the lefties. This is a platoon situation, um, and the fact they got to carry both these guys to do that right now, I I don't know how much how interested I am in Kirilov uh, on the roster the way it's being jammed up, and Gallo is. They have Gallo in left field today to create the spot for Kirilov at first base. Yeah, but, I mean, Gallo hasn't played a lot of outfield this year. I think he's only played, like, four or five games. He's played uh, three of the last four games in the outfield. Okay. He's played left field Thursday, Friday, and Monday. So maybe so that, is, that, maybe is, that is the route they're going to take moving forward. For now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you can get Kirilov for cheap, I you know, or for, you know, affordable price, you know, I'm talking, like, 20 30 bucks and a thousand dollar fab like i think i'm willing to take the gamble i mean he he crushes he has crushed pitching in triple a throughout the course of his career we know he's a former top prospect his biggest issue has been health uh and right now he's healthy he's looking good uh and i think i take the gamble in spite of all the negative things i've said about him in the past uh you know if he can be a middle of the order guy on a pretty good team uh and playing every day like that's pretty interesting to me. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take some shots here on Kirilov and hope it pans out. But I also know that the moment he gets hurt, he's coming off my team. This is not a guy I'm going to be reserving <laughs> when he gets hurt. Cause he's just not been able to stay healthy uh, at the major or minor league level. Uh, Tyrone Taylor back from injury. He's going to be available in a lot of leagues and picked up in a lot of places. Any interest in him? Yeah, well, if you were interested in before the season, why would you not want to get back in? Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. There was a lot of excitement around Tyrone Taylor before he got hurt late, late in the spring, or early. No, it, kind it of was early out of the early. Weekend, her opening weekend. Uh, I think he got hurt in spring training, I believe. Okay, I remember he got hurt like right out of the gate uh, in some capacity. But if you were interested in for what he could provide, then I you should be back in now. That said. I never quite bought into why everybody was so into him to begin with. Yeah, I, I've I was never really a big Tyrone Taylor guy. Uh, I do kind of wonder like how much playing time he's actually gonna get in Milwaukee. Um, I think he's gonna be uh, you know a platoon guy uh, for the most part, and that means he's on the short side because he's right-handed. It's a good park, I think you can take kind of a gamble on him if you can get him for cheap, but I think he's going to be one of the more expensive guys this week. Cause like you said, there's always been some excitement around Tyrone Taylor. Uh, but I, I do worry about the playing time for him. Uh, let's finish out with Braden Shoemake who uh, got called up. He's going to be another guy that uh, gets some interest. Uh, Orlando Garcia is back now. Um, 
So I don't know uh, how long Shoemaker's going to be on this roster or if they are going to send down uh, Von Grisham. Or, they already have. They already have. So. They, sent Von Gris- they sent Von Grisham down the There 20. you go. Any interest in uh, Braden Shoemaker, uh, a guy who, you know, I, I don't think he's got a super big carrying tool in fantasy, but kind of a sum of all parts guy. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, not not really. NL only league, uh, you know, you kind of have to. I don't know if you've got much of an option. Uh, just don't expect much. If you need to plug an injury uh, to replace an injury, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know how he's mixed league viable. Yeah, I mean, the hard part with Atlanta is they're just a really, really good team. So, like, even if Shoemaker could find a regular job, which I don't know that he's going to with Arcia on the roster and back healthy, um, uh, He's going to be batting ninth. He's batting ninth today against Tyler Wells and the Orioles. Uh, I just don't know that there is enough fantasy juice here for a guy who's batting at the bottom of the order. Um, so probably going to pass on that one as well. Right, so, yeah. No, I was going to say, I here's how I pick. Were we talking about David Hamilton before we went on? Yeah, yeah, we, or, all right. So last week I, I talked about uh, the, the hole is shortstop in AL Tout, and I ended up picking up David Hamilton out of the Boston organization because I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to take a zero at shortstop anyhow this week because I don't have anybody. So if I'm going to take a zero, I may as well try to spec a guy uh, for later on. So I went David, Ham- David Hamilton, who had like 16 steals uh, or four. He was 14 of 17 in stolen bases. Well, this week he goes out and steals seven. So I'm hoping, okay, you know, they, yeah, they call, Boston called up Emmanuel Valdez. So maybe Hamilton's next. They put Christian Arroyo on the IL this morning. Awesome. That's what I need. No, they reactivated Bobby Dahlbeck. So Dahlbeck is back in Boston. Uh, I guess he'll be playing shortstop or, or second or second base because that's where. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just like, oh man, I thought this was this would have been Hamilton, but maybe it's a matchup because Hamilton's lefty. Dahlbeck's right. I don't know, but they they reactivated Dahlbeck and Hamilton's on the forty. That's the thing. It's like, how is why isn't this happening? But uh, so Dahlbeck's back, and I, I bring this up for the three of you uh, who still care about the guy. Uh, and want to see him do well uh, along with me because I do I do have him on at least one roster, uh, but he's up and so the the and I only bring that up because the Hamilton thing in theory would have worked if the if they decided not to bring back Dahlbeck who didn't even look that great playing middle infield last no. time he was up so I'm kind of perplexed why he's I, doing I mean that. I don't know what they're doing Boston like they the half of their they're playing well. They swept four game sweep on uh, on Toronto, and then they I believe they've taken the first two of the uh, of the series against Philadelphia as well. So it's like they've had a good week out of you know when I want to bury them and kick dirt on them. Um, here they are putting up six, I believe it's six yeah. in a row. I mean, I I just don't know that that pitching staff is going to do much of anything the rest of the way. So I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry, they've won eight in a row. Wow. I sold them short. They have won eight in a row. Mm-hmm. I knew they had a good week, but I didn't realize they closed out the final week. So they have won eight straight. All right. After looking terrible, everybody wanted to fire Kyle Bloom, you know, about three weeks ago. They all wanted him fired. And now like, oh, hey, look. Well, so we'll, we'll see how Here long that lasts. Uh, that is going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, Jason, where can people reach you at? And what are you working on? Uh, find me on the Twitters. Uh, and I've been looking at... You're still looking at stats, uh, trying to get a hold of it, help people understand it's a new new world order for offense. And, you know, it may look bad, but in, in rel- relative to the league average, it, things aren't so bad. Um, this week's fantasy uh, column at Collect Calls may be an interview with my commissioner. Uh, my commissioner, Rob, 
uh, in, in two of my leagues has come up with this stat uh, fab efficiency. Like he likes tracking everybody's numbers and looking like he's come up with this thing. And we were texting about it this morning. I was like, hey, can I just like do an interview piece for you this week? Because uh, it, it looks very interesting uh, on the surface. Uh, and I'd like to like, maybe other people can look at it as, as some type of scope. Like, oh, hey, I'm you know, I've got I've got the hammer this week or somebody else got the hammer. But historically, this person doesn't do this. So he's got this whole fab efficiency thing. And I want to learn more about it because, you know, perhaps it can help other people as they approach fab uh, and what they want to bid each week or what they should target each week, different things <laughs> like that. So um, that may be the article this week. He said he was open to an interview piece. Uh, I just got to come up with the right questions. Yes, I like that. Uh, you can reach me on yeah. Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Um, I am writing daily at Fangrass and three times a week over Fantasy Pros. That will wrap us up for this episode. For Jason, myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. <laughs> <laughs>